And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's podcast brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com to get $10 off your first order. All right, it was a, a very interesting weekend for sports fans in general. Uh, first of all, hope everybody had a happy Father's Day, a good weekend. Believe it or not, it is officially now summer. And uh, strange, to say the least, that we have reached summer and we're sitting here talking about the start of the NHL playoffs instead of the conclusion of the NHL playoffs. Normally around this time, we're talking draft, we're talking free agency. The Stanley Cup winner has been crowned and now... Uh, with this craziness that's going on, we're talking about resuming training camp and all of that. But while the NHL made an announcement uh, regarding Stage 4, or at least an announcement was leaked, also had some uh, tough news coming out of different team camps, so we'll talk about that as well. We have a new theme for the next couple of weeks, Back to the Future, so we'll be talking about what the Islanders will be like in a few years' time, and we'll have a number of different discussions about that, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, one of the core of the four members. So lots to get to on today's show. Now, if there's something that's on your mind, Islanders-related, please feel free to contact us via email, the email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. Leave us your name, where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, or you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars NYR VSNYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from the Islanders and the NHL. All right, so look, the good news, the optimistic news coming out of this weekend is that the NHL, at least it was leaked as to what Stage 4 is going to be like. We announced that Stage 3, the official opening of formal training camps, was supposed to take place on July 10th. That is, realistically, two and a half weeks away. After that, on July 23rd or 24th, according to a report in the New York Post, the teams will fly to their hub cities, the Islanders supposedly heading to Vegas, although that is not yet official, but that is, again, what has leaked out. 
teams will play one exhibition game, and then Phase 4 scheduled to begin on Thursday, July 30th. So you're talking about roughly 37, 38 days uh, from now, and then we get to see whether or not the playoffs can successfully get underway. Islanders, Panthers in that five, best of five play-in series. So, you know, all of that is exciting. It's good to hear. It certainly makes me want to get, you know, faster and faster and closer to the idea of hockey. And yet, over the weekend, a lot of issues popping up with regard to positive tests for COVID-19 among professional athletes in general and among professional hockey players. The Tampa Bay Lightning, for example, temporarily shut down their training facilities after multiple members of the organization, including three unnamed players and a number of staff members, all tested positive for COVID-19. The players didn't have serious cases, according to published reports, low-grade fever, otherwise asymptomatic. They have been self-isolating, and they've been contact tracing, but the Lightning's team facility temporarily shut down until it can be cleaned and it can be uh, reopened. A number of other players uh, around the league also testing positive and You know, that is a scary thing because you get into this situation where, yeah, you want to have hockey, but the question becomes, can you do it safely? Look, Austin Matthews uh, released that he had tested positive. Now, he was at his home in Arizona. Think about this, too, and it's ironic. Arizona, Florida, two states that early on did not have as many cases as New York. They were eager and rushed back into reopening, and now those states, a lot more new cases. New York, which had such a bad outbreak initially, we seem to be in the process of, you know, containing it, but fingers crossed this is a tricky situation. And so you mix the excitement of the announcement. Hey, hockey has its plans for stage four. Stage three is only, you know, a few weeks away, stage four is five or six weeks away, but then you get these positive tests, and you think to yourself, well, can they pull this off? You also see a lot of positive tests throughout college football, a few NFL teams, a couple of major league baseball teams uh, had to shut down their facilities and clean them down in Florida, for example, Uh, The Mets and Yankees announced they may do their spring training here in New York rather than down in Tampa or Port St. Lucie. So, you know, unfortunately, this is not such a clear-cut thing. And the virus, regrettably, uh, how it goes, how quickly it can be contained, how quickly it can be, you know, controlled, whether there is a vaccine... How contagious it is it? Uh, all of these factors will be important in determining whether or not, not just the NHL and the New York Islanders, but whether or not we'll have, you know, 
NBA, college football, uh, pro football when the when the time comes, and whether or not baseball will be able to get started. So fingers crossed, plans are there. It's exciting, but you got to hope that the health issues don't overshadow the plans and that we can soon have hockey again. Don't forget the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. And if you're looking for a great tasting protein bar, one that is easy to eat, tasty, and good for you, try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 amazing flavors, eight of them with nuts, eight of them nut-free, all of them covered in 100% chocolate. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Let's talk about one of my favorite flavors. Had it just the other day, the peanut butter brownie flavor. 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. Right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll save $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So, an interesting little piece in uh, over the weekend in the New York Post, and Larry Brooks, the fine hockey writer for that publication for so many years, uh, basically taking a look at the top 12 lines in the history of New York area hockey, the Islanders, Rangers, Devils. And look, uh, the Islanders were represented Coming in at 11 out of the top 12 was the Pierre Turgeon, Steve Thomas, Derek King line that was so important to the 1992-93 Islanders. And obviously, in the uh, playoffs, Turgeon injured in, by that cheap shot by Dale Hunter. But look, 58 goals for Turgeon in 92-93 and 132 points. Derek King, 38 goals. Thomas, Steve Thomas, 37. That line, not together all that long, but certainly a very big impact, to say the least. Uh, the Islanders also represented at number five with Brent Sutter, John Tonelli, and Mike Bossy, a line that really got together during Team Canada's 1984 Canada Cup competition when Brian Trottier decided to play for the United States. And basically, you know, all three of these guys uh, had 100 points in that season. You had uh, Sutter with 102, Bossy 117, and Tonelli with an even 100. Bossy 58 goals, Sutter and Tonelli uh, each with 42 that year. So that line making it at number five. And then at number two, the trio grand of Trottier, Gillies, and Bossy. And, you know, to me, that's a that's a tough call that they were put in at number two. Uh, number one, the gag line of the Rangers from the late 60s and early 70s. And look, 
you know, that was a great line, not taking anything away from them. But, you know, first of all, all three members of the Islanders line are in the Hall of Fame. Only two-thirds of that gag line from the Rangers in the Hall of Fame. Second of all, the Rangers, with that great line, made it to the Stanley Cup final in 1972, but never did win a Stanley Cup. Islanders winning four straight Stanley Cups, 19 straight playoff series, all three members of the line in the Hall of Fame. Uh, It's a tough thing to say that the gag line was better than the Trio Grand, but that was the ranking, and uh, unfortunately for the Islanders, while they are getting three of the 12 spots on this list, I really think that the Trio Grand should have been in at number one. Let us know if what you think, you could send us a tweet, send us an email, uh, whatever it is. But to me, got to go with the Trio Grand at number one. All right, time for our Islanders birthday of the day. Uh, we're going to go back to yesterday, June 21st, and wish a very happy 66th birthday to Bob Bourne. Islanders acquiring Bourne in a trade with the old Kansas City Scouts. And Bourne had a quick impact. A lot of great seasons for the New York Islanders. His most productive year, 1980-81, 35 goals, 76 points for the Islanders. Had 30 goals both of the previous two uh, seasons in 77-78, rather, and 78-79. Stayed with the Islanders from 1974-75 through the end of the 85-86 season, spent his last two campaigns out in L.A. with the Kings, later coached uh, the Utah Grizzlies and Las Vegas Thunder of the IHL, uh, won the Bill Masterton Trophy his final year in the NHL 87-88, but that was as a member of of the L.A. Kings. Career numbers, 258 goals, 582 points for Bob Bourne in 964 career NHL games. And that trade that brought him over from Kansas City, one of the better trades in Islanders history. And we're going to take a look back. Look, obviously, the most famous Bob Bourne moment was that goal, the amazing coast-to-coast goal he scored against the Rangers in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but we're going to go back and look at his greatest regular season moment. His only hat trick with the Islanders took place on March 13th, 1984 at the Brendan Byrne Arena in the Meadowlands against the New Jersey Devils. Devils wearing their green and red Christmas tree colored jerseys. Roland Melanson in goal for the Islanders ex-Islander Chico Resch in between the pipes for the New Jersey Devils. Islanders getting on the board first as Tim Higgins of the Devils in the box for tripping and Dennis Potvan cashes in his 20th of the year on the power play. Greg Gilbert and Mike Bossy with the helpers at 541 after 20 minutes. 1-0 Islanders. The Devils get on the board in the second period. Bob Nystrom off for tripping early and just eight seconds into the power play. Murray Brumwell gets his sixth of the season. Mel Bridgman, the former Flyers center, 
with the assist at 258, game tied, 1-1. One and one. But the Islanders then take control. Bob Bourne scoring just 39 seconds after the Devils tie it. Bourne is 17th, Dwayne Sutter and Kenny Morrow with the assists at 337. Islanders with a 2-1 to one lead. And then the penalty started and the Islanders started to cash in. First of all, in the second period, with Tim Higgins in the box for high sticking at 9.02, Brian Trottier gets his 35th of the season. Bossy and Tomas Janssen on the assists at 10.32. Islanders lead 3-1. And then, since it was a five-minute high-sticking major, Bourne gets his second of the game, 18th of the season on that same power play. Brent Sutter and John Tonelli with the assists, 4-1 Islanders. Then the Islanders get into some penalty trouble. Gordy Lane called for cross-checking at 14-25. Islanders shorthanded, no matter. Bob Bourne, shorthanded goal, 19th of the season, third of the game for his first career NHL hat trick. Tomas Janssen with the only assist. That was all she wrote as far as scoring. Islanders skate away with a 5-1 win for Bourne. Three goals on three shots in this one. And he was a plus two, tying him with Kenny Morrow for the team lead in this game. Other multiple point games, Mike Bossy, two assists. Tomas Janssen, two assists for the Islanders. And as far as shots on goal, the Islanders had 24 shots, three each for Bossy, Bourne, Janssen, Pat LaFontaine, Dennis Potvin, Brent Sutter, and Brian Trottier. So talk about balance. Meanwhile, Roland Melanson, 33 saves. Islanders outshot in this one, but they earned the victory. The only NHL hat trick of Bob Bourne's career, at least with the Islanders. He did have one with the LA Kings at the end of his career, but it's the Islanders. Five, Devils won. First NHL hat trick for the birthday boy, Bob Bourne. And again, a very happy birthday to Bob Bourne. Hard to believe that yesterday, the Islanders four-time Stanley Cup winner turned 66 years old. The native of Netherhill, Saskatchewan, uh, and again, one of the great Islanders of all time. And if you want to take care of your car or truck, you've got to check out rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone, and they are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone. It does not require membership or account logon. And they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you'll get everything you need in just a few clicks and it's delivered directly to your door, which is great during this unusual time. The prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on on their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so our feature for the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, is Back to the Future. I wish I could play a little Huey Lewis, Power of Love, the theme from Back to the Future, the movie. But uh, anyway, uh, to me, you know, part of the idea of this segment is to sort of try to project in an intelligent way, what the Islanders are going to look like in the near future, a couple of years down the road, five years down the road. We will be talking at different times about the new arena, about some of the younger players or prospects on the team. And to me, the place that everybody's going to want to start, and I think that everybody should start, is with goalie Ilya Sorokin. And so much has been written about this kid. He's going to be 25 years old this August, right now, still in a holding pattern. And it's got to be driving the Islanders absolutely insane. Sorokin wants to come here. He wants to play for the Islanders. His contract with CSKA Moscow with the KHL is up. You look at his statistics, and they are off the charts good. Now, I know The KHL is a little bit more of a defensive league than the NHL, but you look at this past year, 40 games played in the KHL, a 1.50 goals against average, nine shutouts, a 9.35 save percentage, and a record of 26, 10, and 3. Not bad to say the least. Uh, The previous season was even Better for Sorokin, a 1.16 goals against average, 11 shutouts, and a 28-6-4 and four record, a 9.40 save percentage. And amazingly enough, he did better than that back in 2015-2016. 10 shutouts, a 1.06 goals against average, and a 9.53 save percentage. Now, look, the NHL so far holding the line on saying that any player who signs a deal right now will not be able to play this year, and that's sort of what's keeping Sorokin from signing an Islanders contract as we speak. He is going to get, you know, less money for that one-year entry-level contract. It'll cost him money where if he stayed in in the KHL, he can make more money. But let's face it, the Islanders want him here. He wants the challenge of playing in the best hockey league in the world, and he really can make a big difference for the New York Islanders. Um, you got a team coached by Barry Trotz and run by Lou Lamorello, two guys who really do preach defense first, building from the goal out, and Sorokin would be just an ideal fit in that system. And to me, one of the other exciting things, and I know I've mentioned it once or twice on the show before, you get Sorokin with the Islanders. You have Igor Shosturkin, the Russian young rookie goaltender of the Rangers. You could have an extra dimension added to that Islanders-Rangers rivalry with the two young starring Russian goalies. And... You know, 
the Islanders' best goalie, you know, Billy Smith, and then you can go back to Chico Resch. Very rarely did you have, you never had, really, two Hall of Fame goaltenders overlapping. You know, Ed Jockerman was at the very end of his career once the Rangers and Islanders started playing each other in 1972-73. Billy Smith was not yet at his peak at that point. By the time Smith was at his peak, the, the Rangers had some good goaltenders, but no Hall of Fame goaltenders. And this is a chance for, you know, two all-star caliber goalies to go head-to-head against each other in this rivalry for the next five, maybe even, you know, seven, ten years, and really sort of create that extra dimension, that game within a game. And goalies get into these rivalries against each other. I know, you know, with my conversations over the years with Rick DiPietro, he really loved going up against the Devils and Martin Brodeur, and he cherished that rivalry, going up against the best and trying to beat the best. So, to me, Sorokin and Shesterkin could be one heck of a great shot in the arm for this Islanders-Rangers rivalry and for, uh, you know, for the Islanders' future. I think Sorokin really can uh, help take this team to another level depending on when he gets here how quickly he adapts to the North American game, and is he as good as advertised. But I'll tell you, he has been remarkably good and remarkably consistent in the KHL. You look at his numbers, his worst KHL season was a 1.61 goals against average and a 9.29 save percentage. You do that, that's Vesna Trophy kind of numbers in the NHL. Anyway, that's going to do it for us today. That's it for this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, have your smart device play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the world of hockey. Have a great day. Remember, each day gets us one day closer to the resumption of the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.